the heresy of Francis. 11 years ago, 11 years ago, 11 days ago, I did a video on the heresy of Pope Francis. We looked at his statement on February 2nd, in which he states that those who deny their baptism, apostates, heretics, they're part of the church. They're part of the communion of saints. And sadly, that's not true. Sadly, that is theological error. It is heresy. And together we went through the document of Pope Pius XII. And we looked at how he word for word contradicts what Francis stated on February 2nd. And I said the H word. And that got me in trouble with a lot of people. The last 11 days on social media, there's been a lot of people firing at me, criticizing me, saying that I said the H word with regard to Francis. Heresy. Heretic. And I brought up two quotes in my defense then, and I'll lead with those. But today I'm going to spend more time looking at the Catechism of Trent, looking at the Catechism of Pius X, and we'll see yet again Francis contradicted by the teaching of the Catholic Church. Now, for those of you that are worried that we're doing something here that would endanger our souls by being critical, I want to direct your attention right here to Pope Innocent III. Here's the quote. It is necessary to obey a pope in all things as long as he does not go against universal customs of the church. But should he go against the universal customs of the church, he need not be followed. End quote. Today I'm going to read you the texts of the Catechism of the Council of Trent the Catechism of Pope Pius X, and you will see once again the words of Francis contradicted by wholesome Catholic Orthodox theology. Another quote that I shared with you last time, just to review, is St. Robert Bellarmine. He says, quote, For men are not bound or able to read hearts, but when they see that someone is a heretic, by his external works, they judge him to be a heretic, pure and simple, and condemn him as a heretic, end quote. Before we pray, let me just say, I'm just a layman. I'm not a priest, I'm not a monsignor, a bishop, archbishop, cardinal, or pope. I'm just a layman, and I have 0.000 authority to declare anyone a formal heretic. I have zero authority to say that about Francis. I want you to understand me. I'll say it a third time. I have zero authority in the church to declare anyone a heretic. Zero. Zilch. And yet, I also live by the good words here of St. Robert Bellarmine. He says, for men are not bound or able to read the hearts. I can't read the heart of Francis Bergoglio. I can't see into it. I don't know if he's been corrected or admonished by people or not. How many times that happened? I don't know. But when we see that someone is a heretic, Bellarmine says, by his external works, 
they judge him to be a heretic, pure and simple, and condemn him as a heretic. When you read the New Testament, 1 John, Jude, maybe we'll have time to read Jude today. They talk about those in the church who do not teach correct doctrine, heresy. And they say, do not receive them. Do not participate with them. I don't think Apostle John and Apostle Jude were like, get out your codes of canon law, wait for a tribunal when a heretic comes to town. No, they know that the Catholic people, the Christian people, can hear heresy and reject it. Otherwise, what's the point of even teaching Catholic theology if we're not able to recognize false doctrine? So today we will pray. We'll pray the Our Father. And also this, this program, this podcast today, I hope it is an admonishment, a warning. I know there's people in Rome who watch this podcast. Maybe someone can pass it on to Francis. Again, I'm a nobody. I'm a dad with a webcam. But I know for a fact that what Francis taught about two articles of the Apostles' Creed are heretical. They're wrong. You cannot believe them. They contradict teaching, scripture, tradition, magisterium, previous popes. So we're going to pray for Francis that he repents and that he changes his heart on these matters. And for him, we'll pray the Our Father, the Pater Noster. Oremus, nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celi, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in Celo et in Terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum de nobis odie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, se libera nos amalo. Amen. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Well, let me say, if you're in my position and you make a video like this, it's a, it's something you have to reflect on. I mean, if the Pope is right and I'm wrong, I'm in big trouble, folks. I'm in huge trouble. If I'm out there resisting a valid Orthodox Pope who's teaching orthodox theology to the entire church and I'm going against that that's dangerous for me but I am 100% convinced that Francis is wrong he's teaching heresy he's teaching idolatry I don't know if you noticed but Pope Francis erected idols in the Vatican near the tomb of St. Peter Someone on uh, social media, Twitter said, hey, what are you going to do when you die and St. Peter won't let you in because of what you're doing? And I would say, Peter, Francis erected an idol above your tomb in St. Peter's in my conscience, which I've tried to form. I resist that man introducing idolatry and heresy inside the church. Now, Let's go back and look at what Francis said. I'm reading directly from the Vatican website, vatican.va. 
and he's talking about the communion of saints in the church. They too are in communion with us, he says. Let us consider, dear brothers and sisters, that in Christ no one can ever truly separate us from those who those we love because the bond is an existential bond, a strong bond that is in our very nature. I would also, I mean, metaphysically, theologically, this bond is not in our nature. It's supernaturally applied to us, but that's another discussion. Here's where the things get grave. Only the manner of being together with each of them changes, but nothing and no one can break this bond. Father, let us at, let us, let us think about those who have denied the faith, who are apostates, who are persecutors of the church, who have denied their baptism. Are these also at home? Yes, these two, even the blasphemers, everyone, we are brothers. This is the communion of saints. The communion of saints holds together the community of believers on earth and in heaven, end quote. That is heresy. That is heresy from the bowels of hell. That is heresy from the throat of Satan. And if you believe that, you are also a heretic. Do you think I'm too worked up? No. Let us take a look at the Catechism of Pius X. St. Pius X. This was issued by Pius X. It's a response, question and response catechism. Father Dave Nix has done a long, long, going through every word of the catechism of St. Pius X. It's short, it's brief, and I recommend it to everyone. So, there's a section in the catechism of Pius X. Those outside the communion of saints. Hello, Francis, you might want to read this. All right, number 10, question. Can you all see what I'm reading right here on the screen? By the way, a hello and a shout out to everyone listening on Spotify, Audible, iTunes, Stitcher, and all the audio listeners. I'm sorry you can't see the text. That's why I'll read the text for you. Number 10, question. Who are they who do not belong to the communion of saints? Answer. Those who are damned do not belong to the communion of saints in the other life. And in this life, those who belong neither to the body nor to the soul of the church, that is, those who are in mortal sin and those who are outside the true church. Question 11. Who are they outside the true church? Answer. Outside the true church are infidels, Jews, heretics, apostates, schismatics, and the excommunicated. End quote. Now, you just heard me read Francis, who gives five categories of people who are in the church and are in the communion of saints. They are those who have denied the faith, apostates, those are actually the same thing, persecutors of the church, those who have denied their baptism, and blasphemers. How can it be that heretics, schismatics, apostates, People who have denied their own baptism. Did you know Satanists, one of the things they do, they have a ritual in which people try to unbaptize themselves. They call down curses on themselves to remove their baptism. Of course, there's an indelible character of baptism. 
They can't ever remove that, but they want to remove all the graces that they ever received in baptism. It's totally satanic. Do y'all really believe that someone who would go to a satanic ritual to renounce their baptism, that they're still in the communion of saints? They're still inside the Catholic Church? This is insanity. And yet Francis is teaching this. How about the Catechism of Trent? The Catechism of Trent. I actually don't have this typed out because it's a little bit longer. But in Article 9, there's a whole section in the Catechism of Trent right here. It says, those who are not members of the church. Now, the Catechism of Trent, unlike all the other catechisms, is magisterial in that it is inerrant. It has so much papal approval and is referenced so much that it has high authority. Here is what the Catechism of the Council of Trent, also called the Roman Catechism, says. Recall the words of Francis as I read this. Hence, there are but three classes of persons excluded from the church's pale infidels, heretics, and schismatics, and excommunicated persons. <clears throat> infidels are outside the church because they never belonged to and never knew the church and were never made partakers of any of her sacraments. Heretics and schismatics are excluded from the church because they have separated from her and belong to her only as deserters belong to the army from which they have deserted. It is not, however, to be denied that they are still subject to the jurisdiction of the church, inasmuch as they may be called before her tribunals, punished, and anathematized. Does that sound like what Francis was teaching? No. <laughs> Francis is not saying what the catechism here says that heretics and schismatics are not in the church, but that they can be called before tribunals to be punished and anathematized. Finally, excommunicated persons are not members of the church because they have been cut off by her sentence from the number of her children and belong not to her communion until they repent. But with regard to the rest, however, wicked and evil they may be, it is certain that they still belong to the church. Of this, the faithful are frequently to be reminded in order to be convinced that were, were even the lives of her ministers debased by crime, they are still within the church and therefore lose nothing of their power. End quote. Now that last part shows that in this life, people who are in mortal sin, even priests who are in mortal sin, remain within the church as visible members, but as we see elsewhere in the catechism, they are dead members, but are nonetheless in the church. So for example, if your neighbor Larry is a Catholic and he commits adultery, he's still in the Catholic church. Mortal sin does not remove you from the church. You're a dead member. You don't have life. You don't have sanctifying grace. You're not going to heaven but you're still in the church. That's why Larry can drive up 
to the local parish, go to confession, and receive the absolution of sins. However, the distinction is made here by Pius XII, by Pius X, and by this catechism, that there are certain class of people, there are certain mortal sins that do exclude you from the church. And they are apostasy, which is denying the Catholic faith, denying your baptism, denying Jesus Christ. Heresy, which is denying obstinately one of the articles of faith. Schism, which is removing yourself from the one true, true church and obedience to the one true church. And excommunication. These things do remove you from the church. They do remove you from the church. And Francis says they do not. And as I stated 11 days ago, it's very similar to the Protestant idea of once saved, always saved. Once you're saved, you're always saved. There's nothing you can do to unsave yourself. And that's not what Catholics teach. We believe, as Christ teaches, we must persevere to the end. What matters is the state of your soul, not when you first pray for the first time ever. What matters is the state of your soul when you die. This is why we pray in the Ave Maria now and at the hour of our death, because it's the hour of death that matters. There's a verse from the Apostle Jude in the New Testament. I want to share it with you. This is St. Jude's epistle, beginning at verse 3. Chapter 1, verse 3. Dearly beloved, taking all care to write unto you concerning your common salvation, I was under a necessity to write unto you to beseech you to contend earnestly for the faith once delivered to the saints. I'll pause here. This is the deposit of faith. So Christ gave the deposit of faith to the 12 apostles. Think of it, if you wanted to think of it as like a checking account, this is an analogy, it's not perfect. And Christ deposited $10 billion into that account of all the teaching, the doctrine and the morality of Christ. He puts it into the church as a deposit, the deposit of faith. The apostles cannot add to that amount, and they cannot take out that amount. It has to be passed down from A.D. 33 all the way until the second coming of Christ, and that deposit of faith must remain constant. It doesn't earn interest, and there's nothing taking, taken out of it, no checks drawn. It must remain perfectly intact. You can't change one doctrine. You can't change one moral. You can't add a commandment or take a commandment out. Add a doctrine, take a doctrine out. You can't do it. And St. Jude is teaching us that principle. We must contend, contend earnestly for the faith once delivered to the saints. Once. Not again and again. There's not a new faith. There's not a new Pentecost. There was one Pentecost when the Holy Ghost came upon the apostles and Our Lady. And there's one faith delivered once and for all to the apostles. And we must contend for that. So when a man in a white cassock 
teaches something opposite of the Apostles' Creed, we say, no, we obey the words here of Pope Innocent III. But should he go against the universal customs of the church, he need not be followed. That's Catholicism. Verse 4, For certain men are secretly entered in, who were written of long ago under this judgment, ungodly men, turning the grace of our Lord God into righteousness and denying the only sovereign ruler in our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4, St. Jude says, certain men are secretly entered into the church. You know what that sounds like? Infiltration. You know, in 2019, when infiltration came out, everybody said, just like this past 11 days, oh, Marshall's lost it. He's gone crazy. What a conspiracy theory. This isn't true. It is true. And St. Jude knew it was true 2,000 years ago, or a little less than 2,000 years ago, when he said certain men secretly have entered into our communion, our church. Ungodly men. Turning the grace of our Lord God into righteousness, into a joke, into a clown show into irreverence, into immorality, into sodomy. Remember a few years ago, there was that cocaine-fueled gay orgy in the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith building? Have we already forgotten that? Why would priests and monsignors and people working in the Vatican be having a gay orgy with cocaine at it in the Vatican? Have you had enough yet? Leave a comment in the live chatter below. Have you had enough of priests and bishops and even popes using the Catholic Church, using the body of Christ in a way, re-crucifying the body of Christ so they can get money, sex, sodomy, cocaine, luxury, travel, fancy condos in London, using the church, using the sacraments, grifting the sacraments to live a life of righteousness. They're using the sheep of Jesus Christ to be fake shepherds, to have cocaine-fueled gay orgies in the Vatican. I'm done. I'm done with that. I've got no tolerance for that. People say, well, what's the answer, Taylor? What do we do? Well, I'll tell you one thing. You don't leave the church. A lot of liars out there, false people saying, Taylor Marshall is telling people to leave the church. I am not, you liars. You stay in the church. Just because it's raining doesn't mean you get off of Noah's Ark. You stay on Noah's Ark. Just because there's drunk men steering the ship and fighting in the captain's cabin doesn't mean you jump off the ship into the ocean to drown. There is only one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church, and we are obliged by Jesus Christ to remain in it. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to resist and fight these heretics these hirelings, these false shepherds who abuse the sheep 
for their own pleasure and sensuality and sodomy. And for all of you out there lying about me, saying I'm a schismatic, telling people to leave the church, shame on you. Shame on you. I don't need your apology. I just want you to be truthful. The last thing we need in 2022 is a circular firing squad shooting one another. If you're out there lying about other Catholics, other traditional Catholics, to score points, to raise money, to get a social media following, that's just weak. It's effeminate and it's petty. And I don't respect that. Verse 5, St. Jude from the Bible, New Testament. Verse 5, I will therefore admonish you, though you once knew all things, that Jesus, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, did afterwards destroy them that believed not. Verse 6, And the angels who kept not their principality, but forsook their own habitation, he hath reserved under darkness and everlasting chains under the judgment of the great day. What is St. Jude teaching us here? He said, look, in the Old Testament, God, through Moses, saved the Israelites and brought them out of Egypt. But they didn't believe. What did they do? They worshipped an idol, the golden calf. And God did not let any of them enter into the Holy Land, except for Joshua and Caleb, two guys. Even Moses didn't go in because they had committed idolatry. Verse 6, he talks about the angels. There was even angels. Satan himself was the great angel of light, an angel of illumination. Some even speculate that it was his, Satan's highest role to one day illuminate the Theotokos, the mother of God, to prepare her to give birth to the second person of the Trinity. And he rejected that. In his pride, Satan could not accept that the Son of God would take on human flesh. Hairs, pores, fingernails, intestines, all these things that are so lowly. And yet Christ humbled himself to become like it. Satan couldn't handle that. And so God deposed Satan and threw him down. He becomes the devil, a dark angel, a demon. So do you think that people in the Catholic Church who who are abusing the office of bishop, the office of cardinal, and yes, even the office of pope, who are abusing these positions of power that Christ will not cast them down? If the angels, as it says here, forsook their own habitation, he is reserved under darkness and everlasting chains. Do not mock God. Do not mock Christ. And do not grift the Catholic Church taking money and making 
a documentary about Elton John? What? Yes, they did that. Peter's Pence. Taking money from Catholic charities. Have you seen this scandal on the southern border of the United States where Catholic charities is funding and assisting human traffickers who are raping women? I tweeted out the video the other day. It's sick and it's sad to watch. We've seen it before in centuries before. Popes, cardinals, bishops using and abusing the church for their own personal lusts, satisfactions. It's no good. So yes, this is a call. We should all be calling on our priests and bishops. Oh, the Bishop of Montana just canceled all Latin masses in Montana. So if you're in Montana, I'm sorry. Francis weakened the Congregation for Doctrine of Faith today with a motu proprio. I just tweeted that on Twitter as well. It's constant destruction. And the numbers go down and down and down and down and down. A Novus Ordo nun last week convicted. She stole and embezzled $900,000 from Catholic schools so she could, I don't know, go to Vegas or something. I think that's what the article said. She was traveling, used the money for travel. They're grifting the Catholic Church to party, to promote a new world order, to promote promote the Great Reset, to promote the United Nations, to promote the EU, to promote Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Supich and Cardinal Gregory and all these folks. They're using your money and your trust. Oh, and by the way, they also endangered all these children and young people who have been molested and abused for decades and decades and decades. It's very, very saddening. And you know, the Canadian scenario with the truckers and all that, you know, if you'd told us all a year ago, well, a bunch of truckers all driving in and what's that going to do? Well, it did a lot. It sent shockwaves through the economy and through the politics of the nation. And I think it's actually time now to say, no, we're not going to accept heresy. It's true. Taylor Marshall and a bunch of lay people have zero authority to declare anyone a heretic. And by declare, I mean a canonical declaration in accord with canon law. I can't do that. I'm not even a canon lawyer, but I can follow the advice of St. Robert Bellarmine, which is when I see some, if I see a person worshiping an idol of Vishnu, I can say that person is an idolater. I don't need a canonical court and a tribunal to first test it and say, yeah, actually that is 
and idolatry. I can just look at it and say, that person is worshiping an idol of Vishnu or Krishna or Ganesh, pick a idol and say, that's idolatry or Pachamama. That's idolatry. Well, I don't know, Taylor, you can't say that. Yeah, I can say that. That's the definition of idolatry. And when it comes to heresy, we're not talking about super obscure, difficult theological premises that are derived. For example, you know, there's a debate between Franciscans and Dominicans in the Middle Ages. Did the droplets of Christ that were shed on Good Friday, were all of those droplets, even the ones in the scourgings, reunited with the resurrected body of Jesus on Easter Sunday of the resurrection? That's a, that's a very fine point of theology. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the Apostles' Creed. In order to be baptized in the Catholic Church, you have to affirm the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed is also called the Roman Baptismal Creed. If you were baptized as a baby, your godparents affirmed the Apostles' Creed in your name. All right? So we're talking about the basics. The Apostles' Creed is in all the catechisms, in the Baltimore Catechism, Council of Trent, Pius X Catechism. It is the basis of our faith. To have Francis deny two articles of the Apostles' Creed is a really big deal. right? We're not talking about fine minutiae here. We're talking about the basic bedrock of Catholicism. So yes, Francis is a heretic. He has taught heresy. Can I declare him as a heretic? Canonically, no, I can't. But as a Catholic man, I can say he has taught heresy. Right? It's just like I'm not a judge. I can't actually slam the gavel and convict someone. But if I see a man run up to a woman, grab her purse, and shoot her, I can say he is a murderer. He murdered that woman. I can even testify in court. I saw the murder. It would be ridiculous to say, well, you're not a judge. You can't, you can't slam the gavel. You can't declare in court that he's a murderer. He's guilty of murder. That's the kind of debate Catholics are having in 2022. And trying to pull each other down into the mud. And I think the reason for it maybe is when you look at how bad things are in the church and in the papacy, there's this temptation, there's this fear, I'm going to lose my faith. Maybe this isn't real. And so a reaction to that, instead of learning your faith and getting deeper in your faith and saying, I'm going to fight, the reaction that might be, well, I'm just going to attack the person who's making me feel uncomfortable about the Pope or the church or what's going on in the church. The Catholic Church, by the way, is pure and immaculate. These are hirelings and evil people in the church. So yes, this is a difficult time to be a Catholic, but you must remain a Catholic. You must remain in the church and you must fight for our scriptures and our tradition and our magisterium. And we must resist anyone, even if he's wearing a white zucchetta and a white cassock. 
anyone who goes against the customs of the universal church, as Innocent III taught, he must be resisted. He must not be obeyed in those matters which are heretical, idolatrous, and apostate. No way. No way. And all the priests and all the bishops out there who are grifting the church, teaching heresy and using money and using our trust, your day's over. We're resisting all of you from here on out. With filial piety, we are resisting you. And we are migrating and moving to parishes and priests and convents and religious orders who are faithful to Jesus Christ and teach the truth. That's it. Do you agree with me? Leave a comment. All right, very good. So I just want to spend time today and double down, triple down on what I said 11 days ago. I'm not even clarifying it. I'm just repeating it and bringing more sources to bear. Quotes from Jude, quotes from the Catechism of Trent, quotes from Pius X. We must resist. This is not a time to be effeminate and to run away. Also, I, I used the word effeminate and there were people on social media saying, well, he must not love the Virgin Mary because she was a woman. That's not what the word effeminate means. There's two words in the English language. There's feminine and then there's effeminate. So you need to look up both words. Feminine means pertaining to being a female. It's a beautiful word. My wife is fem feminine. My, ch my daughters are feminine. Um, it's good. It's wholesome. It's wonderful. Effeminate is not. That is men being attached to pleasure and sensuality. That's the definition of being effeminate. They don't have courage. They don't have fortitude. They don't have bravery. They're to use a modern example, these are men who are attached to fast food and sensuality and pleasures of the flesh. And men who are addicted to pleasure of the flesh cannot be bold. They cannot fight and sacrifice themselves because it's easier just to go and feel pleasure than it is to actually fight for something worth fighting for. And our Catholic faith is worth fighting for. And our church is worth fighting for. So don't give your money to heretics and apostates and hirelings, do not give your time. Do not give your trust to these fake nuns and fake religious who use the names of the great orders, but don't live the charism, don't live the penance. And resist when your bishops go against universal customs, you resist and you vocalize. You are kind, you are charitable, you're not a jerk, you're not cussing, you're not sinning, you're not losing your temper, but you are articulating the one true faith with zeal and with power. And if you're going to do this in charity and with zeal and with strength, 
You better know your faith. That means study Catholic theology from good sources. That doesn't mean just watch YouTube videos. That's not good enough. Read the Catechism of the Council of Trent. Do it today. Read the entire Bible. Download how to read the Bible in one year. I have a whole plan for that. The Catholic Bible, Dewey Rames. You can download it. And, of course, pray the rosary every day. If you don't pray the rosary every day, you're not on the team. These are just the basic building blocks of your normative daily Catholic life. You must be equipped. It's kind of like I'm saying, hey, you should get involved in boxing. It's important. You can't just jump into a ring. You need to jump rope. You need to get on a speed bag. You need to get on a big bag. You need to spar. You need to prepare. You need to study. You need to learn the rules. To be a Catholic right now in 2022, you need to know the rules. You need to study. You need to spar. I don't mean hurt people. I mean practice. You need to pray the rosary. You need to not eat meat on Fridays. You need to do penance. You need to fast. You need to keep a penitential Lent, not just I gave up chocolate cake. It's, it's about to get real, and I'm going to tell you something else right now. It's about to get real tough, especially for our traditional Catholic priests. It's about to get really tough. They're going to need our support. And they're going to need our prayers. Are you going to do it for them? Yes, we must. All right, so pray that rosary every day. You're not on the team. All right, let's say the Ave Maria for the repentance and the, the turning of the hearts of all the infiltrators who have entered the church and are wreaking havoc in our church, oremus nomini patris et fidei et spiritus sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Santa Maria, Mater Dei, or per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ator mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sanctum, sicuterat in principio et nunc et semper, ten secula seculorum. Amen. Santa Joseph, or per nobis, Santa Maria, or per nobis. Nomini Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. All right. And uh, special love for our good traditional priests, our good Catholic priests, who are uh, encouraging us, preaching the truth, hearing our confessions, saying the traditional Mass. Let's rally to them. Let's encourage them. And uh, also remember that none of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. You know, I see people say on Twitter, I don't agree with everything Taylor says, but I like this. And I, My wife doesn't agree with everything I say. I don't even agree with everything I say. Over time, I look back at old videos and I say, oh, I need to correct that. I was wrong on that. I made a mistake. I got that wrong. I don't even agree with everything I've ever said. I've got to constantly review and hold myself accountable. None of us are perfect. None of us have it perfectly correct. So let's unite the clans around truth, around tradition, around scripture, not around personalities, not around cliques. Let's, let's unite around Christ, around the seven sacraments, around the creeds, around the traditional catechisms around the traditional liturgy. These are all things we can unite about. Yes, there are things that we do 
disagree and disagree deeply on. But on these things, we can unite and we must unite. The enemy, people who hate us in the Vatican, and there are people who hate us in the Vatican, they want us not united. Solve et coagula, dissolve, break apart, and rebuild. They want to break apart not just the Novus Ordo, they want to break us apart. Let's not let that happen. All right, friends, thanks for watching. If you like this video, give it a thumbs up. Please share it on Facebook because YouTube uh, algorithm does not favor videos like this. And if you're new to this channel, please subscribe. And you can hit the subscribe button over in the corner and make sure you hit the bell. You'll be notified every time I go live. Anything else I want to say here? Oh, thanks to all the Patreon patrons. Joy is actually right now driving a bunch of books I signed this morning to the post office, and those will be mailed out. So if you're a new Patreon patron, welcome, and you'll get your book hopefully in the next five to seven days. And a big thank you to everyone who does support my work, my writing, and my videos. And if you would like to support this work, go to patreon.com forward slash dr. Taylor Marshall. I'll send you some signed books and other things. Go check it out and learn about it. All right. Oh, and if you want to move and find a good parish, uh, a good school group, go to realestateforlife.org. They will help you sell your house where you are and buy a new house in a community, in a market that has TLM, Catholic schools, wholesome neighbors. Check it out, realestateforlife.org. Tell them Taylor Marshall sent you. All right, friends. Thanks for watching. Keep the faith. Stay strong. And remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed. And please pray for me.